you are listening to Dark Dive. Over the last few years, the UAP phenomenon has crossed over the line of credibility, going from beyond belief into the realm of realistic possibility. Where it once stood shoulder to shoulder with its fantastic brethren, such as ghosts, Bigfoot, lake monsters, and Mothman, the UAP phenomenon has gained a veneer of grudging respectability from the public as well as the mainstream media. This newfound acceptance can find its origins in the December 17, 2017 New York Times article, Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. This article brought to light that the Pentagon had been secretly engaged in the study of unexplained aerial phenomenon and, furthermore, possessed high-ranking witness testimony backed up by sensor data, film, and thermal imaging. What once was the stuff of legends and tall tales became real for America. While most of the attention was paid to ATIP and their investigation of unexplained aerial phenomenon, hiding just beyond the public eye was evidence that the rabbit hole went deeper and darker than merely modern UFOs. In January of 2021, the popular website, The Debrief, ran a story titled Shocking documents show government paid millions to chase UFOs and werewolves. In this article, readers discover that Bigelow Air and Space, or BASS, had received government funding to research various anomalous phenomena, reports of subterranean goblins and werewolves among them. This project was called Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program, or OSAP for short, and was staffed by experienced defense intelligence agency analysts, scientists, and intelligence personnel. As the witnesses came forward and more information was released, it quickly became apparent that other strange phenomena was being cited and experienced, phenomena that went hand in hand with the UAPs that were being encountered by government agents, members of the military, and the general public alike. It became apparent that the strange creatures on the ground rivaled the strange lights being seen in the air, that what was above mirrored that which was below, that there was a connection between the UAP phenomenon and strange, upright canids. Welcome to Dark Dive. This is a Hellbent Holler podcast. My name is Jesse. This is Joe. And we are coming out swinging on this second episode of Dark Dive. We're going to discuss a topic that is near and dear to our hearts and also connect it with a topic that has recently become super hot in the news and is really, really gaining a lot of attention all over the paranormal and high strangeness community. 
we are going to talk about the connection between Dogman and UAPs. So there is so much information here. We might not cover everything on this episode, but believe me, we are going to keep coming back to this topic because more and more information keeps coming out on this. Um, And so there's so many connections with UAPs and Dogman, and there's so much evidence for it. You know, why do you think that the existence of UAPs and UFOs is totally accepted by the majority of the paranormal community and the widespread public, but the existence of Dogman just isn't. Well, see, that's one of the things that's really interesting is that uh, back before 2017 and this New York Times article that came out, um, UFOs were pretty much just considered just as crackpot as almost everything else out there. You know, Bigfoot, Mothman, uh, Dogman, everything like that. Um, What's interesting is is that the the public perception kind of shifted when that article came out, and it almost seemed like it happened overnight. Uh, the fact that somebody as prestigious as the New York Times was covering it, um, the fact that they actually had government videos to kind of bolster these claims that people were making, um, it just seems like on a Monday, the topic of UFOs was considered crazy. By Tuesday evening, after this article came out, all of a sudden it's a legitimate topic. It's not really something that brings a lot of scorn or ridicule like it did before then. Yeah. So, but what's been odd is, is that especially over the past couple of years, um, there's been a lot of other stuff kind of buried in with these discussions and these disclosures of UAPs. And that's been the fact that a lot of the same people that are experiencing these lights in the sky uh, are also experiencing upright just mysterious wolf-like creatures on their property after seeing them, sometimes thousands of miles away from where they've had that UAP like experience or sighting at that point. Right. Um, and what's been weird is is that as this has come out, and it's come out in a couple different places, uh, we mentioned earlier the Debrief, which is a, a well-known website, uh, ran an article on the fact that the government was looking for werewolves and goblins. Um, and then with... Skinwalkers of the Pentagon, which recently came out, which is the follow-up book to Hunt the Skinwalker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It seems like that just has been kind of just kind of shunted to the side as like just a little bit too much. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like people were willing to believe, okay, I'll, I'll give you that there are these strange craft or strange lights that are behaving in ways that are just what we thought physically impossible. But I'm drawing the line right here. You know what I'm saying, you know, and it's almost like a lot of people have just ignored the fact that they're saying, hey, in addition to these things in our sky, we're experiencing stuff on the ground here that just doesn't match with what we consider to be normal reality at that point. Um, And it's been interesting because nobody's really talked about it. You haven't really seen any discussion about it in the UAP community because I think they think it's a little embarrassing. And it's a it's it's maybe a bridge too far for yeah. a lot of people involved in UFO or UAP research to accept that there are creatures that, as Luis Elizondo said in a recent interview, go bump in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're they're willing to accept that there's this advanced technology, a possible advanced civilization, but they're not willing to accept that there are possibly. Uh, cryptid creatures that could actually exist and actually go hand in hand with the phenomenon that they're willing to accept. Well, it's weird too because whenever 
Luis Elizondo. Luis Elizondo, when he's questioned about it, there's kind of like a little uncomfortable silence, you know, yeah. like a pause. And then he'll just go, there seems to be, like you said, things that go bump in the night. Um, and what's odd is, is kind of just parenthetically, he, he'll say that about what they call cryptid creatures, crypto creatures. Um, but then when he's asked about Sasquatch, he just gives a generic, well, the Native Americans think this. Yeah. So it's almost as if none of the people who are involved with looking into this phenomenon really know anything about Sasquatch and have really seen anything valid as far as Sasquatch Yeah, goes, Sasquatch so. doesn't seem to come up in any of these, in any of this disclosure or any of these interviews and any of these whistleblower kind of accounts. It seems like Sasquatch doesn't come up, like, at all. It seems like this is purely yeah. dogman or poltergeist-like activity. Yeah, but for the topic of this, it's just these upright wolf-like creatures yeah. on in and around Skinwalker Ranch, which was the genesis of where they originally started to, to do their research. But it's spread out. It's it's happened around people's homes and everything like that. And it's it's just interesting, like I said, the fact that that when you get down to it, the people that are talking about this now, you mm-hmm. know, George Knapp, uh, Kelleher, you know, a lot of the other OSAP people that were originally involved in this topic, some of the ATIP people like Luis Elizondo and all of that, um, these are the people that were considered credible enough for the public to kind of change their thought process as far as, let's just call them UFOs, because right. that's what they were really known before this came along. So they were credible enough to change people's thought process on that, but then they're flat out coming out saying, hey, there's other things out there as well. All right, It's not just in the skies, it's on the ground, and it just seems like everybody just kind of just goes, huh, well, back to those back to those weird lights now. It just seems like people they just sh- ignore that. shut down about it. Yeah. Um, now there has been recently a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the fact that since they're talking about these like strange creatures, that that just kind of disqualifies the UAP topic from being taken seriously, and that's just so weird to me. Like so, they're willing to go, we'll give you this, but you've gone too far now; it's all crazy. So, are, are you suggesting that the disclosure of the possibility of the existence of these creatures is a Sort of an operation to discredit the disclosure of UFOs? No, nah, I just think that the fact that these... I think that some of the people involved in this... Let's again go back to Luis Elizondo. He knows that it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he won't come out and flat out lie about it. But you can tell he's uncomfortable talking about it. And sort of side skirts the issue. Answers it and then just moves on to yeah. the next thing. Well, I think some of the people that were involved with the Skinwalker Ranch thing... It's just so undeniable to them that they're just... I think they have the mindset of, well, people have come around and they have faced the reality of the UAP situation. It's time to face the reality of the other things that are going on as well. Yeah. And, I mean, let's take it back to our own personal experiences. You know, the LBL, I mean, the reason why we even started looking into this in the first place is the amount of lights, the weird lights that we had. Yes. We're not really UAP or UFO people. Yeah. Um, it's not anything that's really interested either one of us, like, ever. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, we like physical stuff on the ground. Of We've course, always, now we're absolutely yeah. obsessed with UAPs as a result obsessed. of all of this. But, yeah, neither of us were really huge into UFOs or UAPs. Um, I think that's because, like a lot of people that do this kind of work, we were kind of compartmentalizing everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, today is cryptids, tomorrow is ghosts, and separating out all of these things and UAPs, and it just compartmentalizing everything when the more we do this kind of research i think that we're realizing that 
everything seems to feed into each other. Everything's connected. And is yeah. absolutely connected in some way or another. And I don't know how, and I don't know if we'll ever know how they're connected. Yeah. I know that they just, when, it seems like when one thing shows up, another thing seems to show up. And that's, that's undeniable. And yeah. I mean, everybody knows the old trope of just... The, the crazy guy, you know, Sasquatch got out of a UFO and da-da-da-da-da. But when you get down to it, the people that are reporting experiences with strange phenomena in the sky. Yeah. Especially in and around Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Are later on reporting large, upright, wolf-like creatures. You know, there's the guy Axelrod that they call him. Not his real name. The name that they use for him in Skinwalkers at the Pentagon who he and two other guys who were, you know, Department of Intelli- you know, Defense Intelligence Agency agents, basically, that have been seconded to this OSAP program. And these are people who are legit, like, hard charger people. They are people who have been vetted by the government over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, and they're basically blowing the whistle on what is going on. But these are trustworthy people who, these are, are, people who are putting their careers on the line. Their defense... Analysis is good enough for national defense. Right. So basically their interpretation of data and their interpretation of events are considered good enough to make or at least affect national defense decisions. Now, they're also saying, hey, this happened to me, and now all of a sudden it's just, uh, you know, a bridge too far. Yeah. But, I mean, this Axelrod guy, you know, he and two other guys had an experience at Skinwalker Ranch. Um they felt a presence. They felt a very hostile intelligence. They saw a almost like an absence of light in the sky. They saw it through night vision binoculars, Gen 3 night right. vision. And, but it's still an aerial phenomenon that they see. And they back out. They go away. And then, you know, the guy goes back home to the suburbs of D.C. And his family starts seeing upright wolves in their backyard. Do you know what I'm saying? They find prints. They find claw marks on the tree where it was leaning against. And then not only that, but then his neighbors, without being told the Axelrod family was experiencing this, the neighbors start to experience and start coming to them going, you won't believe what happened, but we just saw this. And then it all comes out. Well, you know, some of the stuff that they were seeing at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, Skinwalker Ranch a lot of times has that reputation for being home to like a trickster type phenomenon. Right. Because there's so many facets to the phenomenon that it's not, again, not compartmentalized in any kind of way. Um, It also, it it toys with you. You would go to the ranch and you want to see something so bad and people would go to the ranch and they would be there for a week or two. Nothing would happen. And then as you're driving away, you look in your rearview mirror and something occurs. And it seems like it does that. It toys with the people that come to the ranch and come there seeking to experience these things. It completely... Just lets them, it doesn't give them an inch at all. It doesn't give them the phenomenon they're looking to see. And then it's almost as if, again, toying with you, that when you're leaving, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's a glimpse of it. You know, just the trickster element comes in there. And even in our research, we've experienced what seems to be like a trickster element occurring. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that's ephemeral. A lot of that's almost intangible. Um, you might see the... The effect, but you didn't see the cause. You right. know what I'm saying? You know, you come in, they talked about having poltergeist type activity. You'd come in and all the dishes would be out of the cupboards and stacked on all the counters and all the time. But you didn't see what did it. But then you're finding out that a lot of the research that they did, the stuff that was mentioned in the brief, researching werewolves, they're out interviewing people in the basin there who were saying, I saw an upright wolf like creature 
Um, let me take you to where it's at. Here are the tracks. In one case, they found it was either human prints that turned into canine prints or vice versa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is this, is that these people are, they're good witnesses. They, they kind of go through in skinwalkers of the Pentagon that these are clergymen, police officers, people involved in local government, um, some tribal authorities that are out there, um, doctors. So these are very credible witnesses who, in a court of law, their word would be probably good enough to get you convicted and sent to jail. You right, know? yeah. And they're being vetted and interviewed by people who have been put onto this project by the Defense Intelligence Agency. Again, people who, you know, these are not just fly-by-night, you know, amateurs who are doing this. These are people who are, they're skilled and trained at the collection of data. Yeah. And the interpretation of data. And they're walking away from this going, something's going on here. These people are seeing something and we're finding physical evidence that backs up what they're seeing. So when you get right down to it, this is the thing that kind of blows our mind that nobody is 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 widespread and as prolific as the dogman community is. Nobody's talking about this. No, no. Everybody's hung up on these creepypasta stories and the witness encounter of the week. And some of those are very legitimate, you know what I'm saying? But when you get down to it, here are people working on behalf of the government who are going... Guys, there's something to this. There's upright canines running around, yeah. usually in the aftermath mm-hmm. of UAP sightings. And instead of the dogman community going, hallelujah, here's like a grail piece of evidence. Yeah, and that- also here is a piece of evidence that is backed up by, again, we keep talking about these people are credible people who are uh, funded by the government, who are actually legit investigators who are looking for solid data and presenting solid data the dogman community just doesn't blink an eye doesn't pay attention to it at all um and could that could be because it's very insular in a way um and that a lot of people really focus on the creepypasta type stories the facebook group type Mm -hmm. things um the podcasts um but yeah it seems like that even even the community that is more involved in it seems to turn a blind eye to this evidence. And it's odd because, you know, you get into the Sasquatch community. I mean, somebody puts up one of those fake Sasquatch has been sighted in this area when you're hiking, please alert. That's fake. They put it up and people are just grasping onto it going, yeah. oh, this is the end of the Forestry Service put this up. It's so desperate for what you would consider legitimate authority giving like a stamp of approval to the phenomenon um and you don't see that with the dogman community right now it's just it's so weird i mean because when you get right down to it it's a crazy topic it's a crazy topic i mean even you and i going and checking these areas out seeing what we've seen experiencing what we've experienced when you just take a second and think about it really upright like like werewolves that's just that's bizarre that's bizarre that is bizarre and but at the same token, we've had these experiences. Other people have had these experiences. And now they're going, well, you know, guess what, guys? It's been legitimate enough that people on have looked at this on behalf of the federal government. Yeah. Um, that should bring a, just a, a huge just layer of authenticity and, you know, make to this topic. Because quite honestly, there's nothing mentioned about this on about Sasquatch. You know what I'm saying? So at this moment, at least as far as you and I are concerned, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. We've found more 
evidence of dogman than we have for Sasquatch, and that's not for lack of looking. Yeah, you know? and that's actually caused our research to kind of go in that direction more and more. Uh, every time we go to the land between the lakes, we find so much physical evidence that it's it's hard to completely deny it. Well, not all. even in land between the lakes, but even in North Georgia where we go to. When yeah, we, we did have the video where we had that um, that white wolf show up in the video. And not to say that that was a dog man. It was on all fours. But it was very strange. It was Low very... the ground. Very strange, yeah. angular looking. It was solid white. It was... There was something definitely not right with that creature. And then shortly after we see that creature... And that, that video was the, when the hunter becomes the, the hunted. hunted. yeah. Yeah. Um, shortly after we see that creature is when I see, I see a light in the woods that is just not connected to anything. It's just floating there in the woods. Then we get in the truck and we head up the mountain and we head back to where our camp is. And as we're driving up the gravel road up the mountain, we see lights just not attached to anything floating around where our campsite is. There's only one path to get up there, and on the other side is just a sheer drop-off mm-hmm. off of a cliff. So, of course, we gear up, we run up there, because we think that somebody's up mm-hmm. there actually messing with our equipment and our tents and everything. And we get up there, and there's nobody there. And we're seeing these lights move around. It looked like yeah. flashlights or lanterns, or what's what we thought it was. And then we get up there, the one path up there, nothing. and there's absolutely nothing up there. There is no one up there. No one has been up there. Um, the fire's been out for hours at that point. And so we're actually experiencing this this dog-wolf phenomenon along with weird the, lights. the weird lights in the woods. And then we go to LBL this last time, and we see so many lights in the woods that in that last video we put out, you can't even keep track of it. We just stop, you know, mentioning yeah. it at some point. And people are going, did you notice this light here? Did you notice this light at this time stamp? I, hey, man, I mean... I, I don't even know how many weird lights we saw in the woods around Station 16. Right. So when we got back, that was one of the things we started to look at is that, all right, so now in two different regions of the country where we've gone into looking for weird canine type stuff, we've seen these weird lights in the woods. So we come back, and that's when we start doing this research on this. And that's when we start going, wow, there's articles out here talking about government efforts looking into this weird aerial light phenomenon that have then also been looking into, they call them werewolves. Um, and it's weird because you don't really see the term dogman mentioned in any of this, articles, any of the books, anything like that. No. In relation to UAPs, they call them werewolves or upright wolves. But yeah. we're going to use the term dogman just for... For our sake, yeah. For our sake. Um, but we do that, and then we come across in the process of looking up dogman and strange lights... So we start coming across all this UAP stuff. And yeah. again, we're not UAP people. So this was not something that we were really aware of until no. this. And, and a side note, back to LBL, you know, in doing this research, you know, I don't know if, if any of you guys know this, the LBL is situated just right smack dab in the middle of basically a UFO sighting hotspot. Um, Kentucky is weird, weird as hell anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird because Kentucky, everybody talks about Skinwalker Ranch, which is, it's big, but it's a fairly small section of the country. It seems like Kentucky is just one big similar area for that you know kentucky I mean, seems like a paranormal high strangeness just just disneyland yeah. you know like it is but it's so it, it's like the whole state is like that um it's just it's it's on fire with activity and goblins I, witches goblins witches yeah it seems like magnetic anomalies cult activity <laughs> yeah. so 
But it's just, it's weird because once we did that, once we stumbled across it, I, again, post LBL, looking into these weird lights and Dogman, what sort of connection is it? And then we're going, there's a huge connection. I mean, people are coming out, people are coming out that, again, are believable enough to be taken seriously about a topic as out there as UAPs. And they're going, we don't know what it is, but there's upright wolves, seven-foot-tall wolf-like creatures being seen after this. Um, and again, that's huge, and nobody seems to be talking about no, it. You no, no. And it's, again, it's it, it really adds an air of legitimacy to this whole, not that we need legitimacy, because we know something's there. You know, right. We know something is there. Now, it doesn't tell you what they think these things are. Um, if these things are, you know, well, you know all the theories for them, demonic, purely physical, uh, interdimensional, whatever. And, and all of those, those terms can be used for both Dogman and UAPs. Right. But uh, they don't really hazard a guess as to what they are, but they just say that they're there, they're being seen, and they are finding evidence afterwards yeah. of, of these creatures being there. And, so. and doing all this research, too, you you start to see there are so many parallels and so many similarities between dogman sightings and UFO or UAP sightings or encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got atmospheric changes, you've got missing time, you've got... What, like, mental communication? Yeah, you, you, you hear that a lot about Linda Godfrey, too, who is pretty much, again, we talked about the fact that a lot of the more public faces of the dogman phenomenon are yeah, they're pretty sensational sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Linda Godfrey, that's solid research. You know, that woman's a journalist. She's, she did a yeah, phenomenal a, job in compiling data. And she talks a lot about how people seem to have this mental... Connection. Yeah, where they just go, the thing was telling me I can take you if I want to or you're lucky. But there was some sort of mental connection where some sort of message was conveyed without being spoken, which you hear about. You have that exact same thing happen with a lot of these encounters with UAPs or abduction stories. You have people who are who have abduction stories where they are abducted by greys. They're in the ship. They mm-hmm. talk about their experience in the craft, and they talk about being experimented on, and these things looking at them and just communicating telepathically with them. So there's a, so many parallels there. Not to mention all of the instances with that, but where these encounters happen. There's a common thread about where mm-hmm. these encounters seem to happen with Dogman encounters and UAP encounters. Yeah. It seems like it's in these these portal type spaces these window areas areas, these uh, transitional places cemeteries bridges um boundaries sacred places that seems to be where you get a lot of uap activity but you also have a lot of dogman activity native american mounds is a huge one yeah so an absolute huge one that is just uh you know seth breedlove talks about that a lot of the witnesses talk about that in american werewolves that the encounters that they had took place near Native American mound sites. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's weird because, you know, one of the other things that kind of comes along with the UAP, what people report after having like a UAP experience, and it's still weird saying UAP. I still want to default back to UFO. Yeah. UAP is the new new hot term. But um, between a UAP experience and then some of the dogman experiences, too, is kind of this Oz factor, this Oz effect. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of... It's different than, like, missing time or anything like that, but they're still present in the moment. They're still conscious of what's going on. It just seems like everything just takes kind of like an unearthly kind of tinge to it. Yeah. Where they just afterwards go, I don't know why I didn't try to take a photo of it. 
I don't know why I behaved the way I did. It seemed like it made sense at the time, but almost like you've just gone to the land of Oz where it's just, you know, it's kind of the real world, but it's kind of not at that point. So, And I think part of that might be because this is so out of the realm of what you expected to see or what you're used to. Most of these people who have these encounters are not involved in any kind of paranormal research. Um, so they don't know what they're seeing a lot of the time. Even people who are involved in it have mm-hmm. this Oz effect where they're like, where there's a lot of stories from Skinwalker Ranch where the people, the researchers are out there. They're doing the work. They're out there for that purpose. They're being paid to be out there and do the research. They're out there. And all of a sudden what appears to be a, portal comes open or a creature walks by that i know that in skinwalkers at the pentagon they mentioned this creature they call it the dino beaver it was like a dino beaver <laughs> yeah the dino that beaver sauntered by and everybody just watched it walk by they've and got they, thermal scopes they've got night vision cameras and, and they just watch it go by and then they snap by. out of it afterwards yeah um there's and it's weird is it, is it because they're so shocked by what they're seeing and that's what's making it seem unearthly or is everything just kind of unearthly because two different planes are kind of joining together? And for yeah. a few seconds, you're not wholly on Earth anymore. You're still there. You're conscious of what's going on. You're not missing time or anything like that. But just for maybe a few seconds, the normal rules aren't applying. And biologically, your body just can't function with it. Your body just can't quite get it together enough to, to do something that it would normally do. And that makes me think yeah. of like the, the whole interdimensional portal theory yeah, well, on the whole thing. That seems where everybody's gravitating. And David Pilates right now, yeah. if you listen to enough of him, he still won't admit what he thinks is going on. But man, he spends a lot of time talking about portals and dimensional openings. Well, and- you, you see where he did that documentary where he's at Mesa Verde and he's talking about the Sipapu at the Mesa Verde and how the gentleman went missing there. And they think that that is a portal space they, because that is a sacred space. Um, for the Hopi, but it's it's they think that that's a portal space that that is somewhere that bridges the gap between our mm-hmm. our world and another world, whether it be another dimension or another world entirely. I mean, they, you're looking at time bubbles now, where maybe like mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 this is the the we're on the leading edge of what is next here. You well, know? you know, it's weird, and I haven't really talked about it this to anyone you or even the person that's involved right now but um our new good friend martin groves um who is in american werewolves he's the the last encounter that you hear in the american werewolves documentary Mm -hmm. he makes a comment in there that he and his hunting partner heard a sound almost like metal or something like that hitting yeah yeah and the moment i heard that i thought of the tom mesick case in missing 411 the hunted yes when he went missing the people that were with him, they describe it as like a big metallic trap closing. And they couldn't quite describe the sound, but they'd never heard anything like it before. And then he's never found. Yeah. Well, Martin and them described a, a very similar sounding, like, you know, sound. And that they just thought it was metal on metal and it was completely out of place. Um, and if they had acted any differently than the way they acted they probably wouldn't be around to tell their story and their tent would have been found. It would have been another missing 411 case at that point. Right. Two guys go out. So there's a connection between, a possible connection between what people are seeing, these upright werewolves and the missing 411 connection. Yeah. Which, again, it might be interdimensional. I don't know. I mean, we know people who who have told us, and I'm, I kind of lean towards this as well, that there's there's different elements to the phenomena 
meaning that there might be some that are biological, there might be some that are coming from somewhere else that look similar enough to all kind of feed into this one, the you know, the dogman phenomenon. Right. You know? um, that it has different kind of avenues that it goes. Yeah, when you talk to Dark Waters, he, mm-hmm. he kind of had the same idea on that, didn't he? That there yeah. were some were purely spiritual, some were kind of a mixture, and then some were the result of somebody with a lab somewhere trying to emulate or imitate the the more spiritual creatures, you know what I'm right. saying? And you ended up with these purely physical ones. Um, that doesn't answer the question of where do these things go to, you know? Well, but, I mean, you know, and getting back to the missing 411 connection, you know, there's that there's that graphic. I know everybody's probably seen it by now where they lay David Polite's missing 411 map over the cave systems map and that they almost match up exactly. Um, where the clusters are and cave systems. Mm -hmm. These are those portal areas. These appear to be where these creatures perhaps inhabit, um, where upright canines such as Dogman or goblins or what what have you inhabit these caves. Is this how they're getting around? Is this how they're going from one place to another? Is this how they're abducting people? Well, you know, that ties in perfectly with the... Again, it's, it's interesting that that Jacques Vallée is the flavor of the month right now, as far as UAP stuff goes. I think because, every couple of years he's the flavor of the month. But well, he, but I'm saying... He that, is eternal. <laughs> but right now, they don't... Nobody's really saying that these are little green men climbing into a, their version of a rocket ship, uh-huh. blasting off, traveling through space, entering our atmosphere, and then landing. Yeah. Um, it seems like the interdimensional hypothesis is really kind of where everybody's at right now. I mean, all the roads are leading to that. It, or, independently, it seems like all the roads are leading to that. Or the ultra, not extraterrestrial, but ultra-terrestrial. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about those caves. I mean, is it, there's a lot of things that come out of the ocean that they've seen. Yeah. Or they've seen things flying around in the sky they can't identify that go into the ocean. Um, you know, we don't know. Again, and just like we said that there might be more than one thing that's being interpreted kind of under this dogman phenomenon umbrella. A lot of people will say there's more than one thing going on with the UAP thing as well. Uh, well, you know I mean, yeah, we know that some of them are probably government experimental craft. Well, I mean, there's such a variety yeah. in the craft witnessed. You know, there's such yeah. a variety in what they look like. They've evolved over time in what they look like. Um, you even have craft that have been seen in a 10-year period that are so wildly different, and they originate from different areas. They behave differently. That you can't say that it's, I mean, I, mean, I guess you could. It's a possibility that they're all from one source, but I think it's unlikely when you have such a variety in behavior that they come from one source. You know, some of it could be advanced weaponry for the government or foreign governments. Mm-hmm. Some, some of it's of it misidentification of natural phenomena. Could That's be, possible. yes. So. The, the old classic weather balloon every... Swamp gas. <laughs> swamp so. gas. Um, but it just, there's such a variety in the phenomenon that you can't say that they all come from one source at all that that ties in with the dogman thing i mean i don't even know how many types of dogman they're up to right now seven eight i don't know um pretty wildly varying descriptions um some are more aggressive than others um some of them seem to be 100 percent spiritual like the anubis type creatures that people see yeah um others seem to be i mean we know the things in lbl are physical Mm -hmm. we've seen tracks We've found what look like claw marks that we think we can attribute to them. We've gotten heat signatures. We saw something that was biological that gave off body heat mm-hmm. that we saw it on the thermal. Um, we saw with our own eyes two different creatures that 
from the way we describe them to one another, probably the same thing. Right. That the one I saw moved branches, so it was physical, physical enough to do that. Yeah. But it was gone like that, man. I mean, it wasn't purely physical because there's no way that something that big. And man, it just looked so lanky and gangly, and it just didn't look like it should move that graceful and quick. But no matter how quick it was, there wasn't anywhere to hide back No, there. no. So, I mean, it was like it was there for a split second, then it was gone. And that's just how people describe a lot of this UAP stuff. It was there for a minute, and then, and then it, was it was gone. And then it was gone, yep. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's just, it's odd that that you tie this into that one of the things that goes after the UAP UAP experiences, whether people like witness them or they're in close proximity to them. Um, and this dogman phenomenon that they experience afterwards is kind of tied into the hitchhiker effect that everybody's talking about. Right yes. Now. The hitchhiker effect is, I, I, I think right now everybody's kind of talking about it, but this has been something people have been experiencing forever. They just didn't have a title to for have, it. Yeah. yeah, didn't have the words for it really. Yeah. Um, and you have, you have so many instances of the hitchhiker effect in every realm of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've personally experienced it, which we'll get into that in a second, but you know, you can go back to the, the, probably the first modern ufo account kenneth arnold um that was he was a private pilot and he witnessed ufos this is post-world war ii so in the modern era this was the first ufo sighting what you don't hear a lot about is after kenneth arnold's sighting his ufo encounter he went home and he experienced a litany of poltergeist activity Activity, and that was really never reported as part of that because it, it for some reason, again, the compartmentalization of this has caused everything to be just separated off mm-hmm. when really everything is just connected. The, U- the UFO people have hated the Bigfoot people. The Bigfoot people have hated the ghost hunting people. Um, Dogman is a relatively new, I don't know, a phenomenon to be kind of looked into. Yeah. And it's not even really looked into that seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's a pretty passionate little subset of people that talk about it, but... Um, far more people know about Sasquatch and Bigfoot than yeah, they do about dogs. Absolutely, and and for good reason because again, when you get right down to it, it's it's crazy. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but something's there. Something's happening to it, you know. And that that hitchhiker effect. Um, you had a really good point when we were kind of talking about this before the show. Uh, one of the things they talk about, uh, George Knapp and them talk about that the, the hitchhiker effect is you can replicate it. You can replicate it. You can take a family that's having issues with it, introduce somebody into that environment, and then when that person leaves, the phenomenon will follow them. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like very, it's almost like a virus. Like exactly. it, it attaches to you. Well, you know, one of the things about the dogman phenomenon is the localization of it. You know, Bray Road, you mm-hmm. know, Michigan Dogman, LBL. Um, Taylor, Mississippi, there there are definitely hot spots for this. Yeah. And is that what's causing these hot spots? Is it that one person maybe had an experience and, and then, then it's it kind spreads of from localized, there? localized, you know, kind of spread That's a good point, a yeah. Now, one, a lot of times, too, is these are, uh, there are dogman sightings in relatively urbanized areas, but they're very few and far between. Yeah. Um, most of the sightings tend to take place in rural uh, less or, populated areas or rural adjacent areas. Yeah, even I, if it's uh, somewhere that's populated, like it really, it, it would be on the edge of town mm-hmm. uh, for most of these sightings. From what you've seen, um, there's a sighting that occurred at the St. Coletta School 
where uh, Rosemary Kennedy was actually housed mm-hmm. after her lobotomy. And the night watchman there saw at the St. Coletta um, church there in the cemetery a upright canine, canid creature digging in a grave two nights in a row. Oh, that's the Linda Godfrey case that she talks about. She talks about that, yeah. Gadara yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and what the, it says. the creature yeah. looks at him and says, Gadara. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, you know, and I, for a lot of these cases, if it's somewhere I can't visit, we can't visit ourselves, always just go on to Google Maps, put in the coordinates or where it is, and just look around at the area. That St. Coletta School it was a it was a complex of buildings. So there's lots of buildings around there because it was for exceptional children. There was a lot of people housed there. But it was right there adjacent to, what, cornfields, mm-hmm. um, woods. There's a swamp nearby. So it's everything. It's, all of these sightings seem to be in, in rural or places that are adjacent to woods and places where these things could actually inhabit or emerge from. And as we've been kind of going down this rabbit hole, again, we're not, previously we were not people who had a great deal of interest in UAP stuff, UFOs. Um, We like going out in the woods and look for creepy stuff, you know, and we've always had like a running joke of we've seen and experienced a lot of stuff, but we've never really had a UFO. We've seen the lights, but we've never seen like a craft in the sky. And if we did, that's probably the end of it for us. We're not going back out after that. Um, But this has kind of taken us down a rabbit hole. And one of the things we've been doing over the past few weeks is reading a lot of John Keel. Yeah. And John Keel would talk about how the fact that a lot of the UFO reports were coming in when he was doing his research were from very rural, lightly populated areas. Well, now where are they getting all the UAP sightings? They're getting them in the over the ocean. Mm-hmm. That ain't populated. That's as lightly populated as you can get. You mm-hmm. got whoever's on that boat. It's not like there's houses around or anything like that. Yeah. We just didn't have the ability back then or the amount of ships with the instrumentation that they have right now out there. But it seems like that's where the majority of it happens. That's one of the arguments that people have always had about... Um, like UFOs back in the UFO days uh, before UAPs kind of came on the scene um, is that, well, if they're so powerful, then then why don't they just come down and land on the White House lawn? You know, that's the, one of the things. Why do they try to stay hidden? Well, we don't know, but they do seem like they try to stay hidden, but they do seem like also like they try to... They try to stay in areas where there's not going to be a lot of people to witness them, but that it seems like they go out of their way so that some of the people that are there, as few as they are, see them. They so don't like big audiences, but they want a small one. They reveal know? themselves a little bit. I mean, that's, And what again, does that tie into? Dogman. That, that's a parallel to Dogman. Exactly yes, right. Absolutely. You know? I mean, a creature this stealthy um, that, for all practical purposes, even if it's a, a flesh and blood living creature, it's so physically gifted at this point that it might as well be supernatural. But it seems like it just kind of pokes out it picks its time when there's just a couple of people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see UAPs appearing over Times Square, you know, on a Friday afternoon. I think know? the only time you ever had a, a mass UAP event, uh, what, the Phoenix Lights, you would you've say? Had, well, you've had Battle of Los Angeles. You've had yeah. a few of them, but those are really Rare. notable because they're so out of the ordinary, yeah. you know? Um, when are, are we going to get that eventually? Are we going to get a dog band walking down... Um, because it seems like right now, it's, well, it seems like the phenomenon is growing and expanding, but we don't know if that's true or if it's just because it's more popular now. You yeah. know, you got to sift through a lot of stuff. But 
it does seem like there's a lot of credible reports, and it seems like they're getting becoming more numerous. You yeah. know, it seems like the phenomenon is building, um, or it seems like a veil is thinning or something like that. But I mean, it's are we going to have or a, that these two realities, these yeah. two planes of existence, are merging? Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because, like you said, it it. Are we going to have that Phoenix light moment with like a cryptid where like a cryptid is just, but here's the deal. I mean, everybody's going to claim that it's fake. You know, I mean, everybody's going to. Everybody claims that everything is fake. And, you know, (laughs) and it's so weird because, you know, that's been like a hot button with us lately is that um, just this little subset of people that exist online and spend all of their times debunking stuff. And, And it's, and fake evidence doesn't help anybody. But people are generally intelligent enough to kind of figure stuff out on their own. And just this kind of like everybody just kind of sets back and waits the for the new piece. professional debunker yeah, class. Yeah, to come out. <laughs> and I think that really has a detrimental effect because fake evidence is going to get outed eventually anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't need these people who build, who have these, these made-up careers of being like, you know, the the gatekeepers for the rest of the community. People are going to figure out something's fake or not. Okay? The great debunkers. Yeah, we don't need these great debunkers who just, who, because all it does is that it, somebody is back there with a, with a legitimate piece of evidence, maybe a legitimate story and everything like that. I'd rather there'd be, I would rather we deal with 99 pieces of fake BS, you know, evidence come out. And then get that one really good one that makes it all worthwhile. Because the fake stuff's going to get out, and it always gets. It, it's, it, it's. I mean, what was that? Is it? Was it Benjamin Franklin? It's better that you know, ninety-nine guilty persons go free than one. Exactly right. So you know, um, innocent and, person go to jail. It's it's the kind of the same concept there. It's you know, yeah. but you also you have a lot of instances where people are afraid to come forward with their stories because of this constant ridicule. Well, you know, and again, parallel to the UAP thing, is that the the debunkers on the UFO side, mm-hmm. okay, the people that have debunked it and have literally made that their life's mission, that's what they're known for, that's how they get their recognition, that's who they are, that's become their identity, is to debunk UFO stories, evidence, photos, everything like that. Well, all of a sudden... You know, you got Commander Faber, Fraber, whatever his name is. The Jack, yeah, who who saw the Tic Tac. Mm-hmm. The guy was like the top gun instructor for Navy fighter, fighter pilots. He was considered probably the best fighter pilot of his generation. Um, somebody who literally you have not been able to find anybody to say a critical thing about him in the slightest. Uh, somebody who has logged probably as many hours in a a latest gen fighter jet as anybody that walks you know walking the planet right now and you've got some guy like on twitter oh he saw a party balloon you know what i'm saying you know (laughs) they're so tied into it that they just can't go wow there was something here you know there's something here yeah some of the stuff i've debunked was was not real but this is real because they're so tied into it their identity is tied into it and i'm seeing that kind of Come up with the dog man and physical cryptid Listen, community right Commander now. Listen, Commander Fravor, I hate to tell you this, but uh, Connor in Brooklyn says you're full of it. Yeah, so. exactly. So, oh, he saw a balloon, and I'm going, this guy, he's got millions of dollars of instrumentation, and he is about as trained as a human being can get, but some guy, just because he thinks it's impossible, is going to just argue with him. And, 
again, we're starting to see the genesis of that right now with just this constant and stupid stuff's going to happen. That whatever that guy's name was that had the primate skull recently. Uh, oh, Coyote Peterson. And, yeah, and guess what? As soon as people got a good look at it, everybody knew. Yeah. Okay. We didn't need these people who. And again, if it, it I guess what I'm saying is, is that that hoaxes need to be debunked organically, not just somebody just sitting around waiting for the next one to come out because. When all you got is a hammer, you're going to view everything as a nail. That's true. And all you're going to do is is you're going to eventually end up making people not accept a legitimate piece of evidence that might have changed some minds. Mm -hmm. And you're damn sure going to make the next person who sees this person go through the witch hunt over what they're claiming, they're going to go, I'm not putting myself through that. I'm not going to come forward. I'm not going to talk. Mm -hmm. So... Um. Yeah, that's well yeah. said. Well said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna derail us back to yeah. uh, Dogman and and UAPs because I found and I I, I kind of told you this about about this before, and I think this is such a cool fun like thing that I I cannot believe I have not heard this before. Um, so in 2005, <laughs> you, you in 2005, you guys are gonna love this. Okay, back to our our. You know, one of our saints, Linda Godfrey, she's basically one of the dog mm-hmm. man saints at this mm-hmm. point. Um, she was actually contacted by a person that was involved in the Stargate Project. Now, the Stargate Project was an initiative uh, by the Department of Defense that used... It was basically, if you've ever seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats, mm-hmm. it was based on that. But they used remote viewing, and it was basically a program that explored the use of... Uh, psychic abilities in defense in the defense department so it was only around for a few years mm-hmm. well right? they officially around for a few years they claim that it's still going on under a different name nowadays but so, they had yeah. they had a lot of in you know and this is a lot of this is hearsay they had a lot of crazy success with remote viewing like a lot of crazy success with it but somebody from Stargate Project actually contacted Linda Godfrey in 2005 and they claimed that part of the project and part of what they did at one point in time was targeting Dogman. Targeting Dogman. And um, with remote viewing. And they claimed that they were actually a soldier class from an alien race that was left on Earth and that they live in like the cracks like cracks in the ground like the or cr- cracks in reality like well yeah. i guess both but they live in the cr- the cracks and the nooks and crannies so basically like what caves you know yeah, yeah. and that they're waiting for something they didn't quite say what they're waiting for but they they're living in these underground areas in these cracks and you know in mm-hmm. the earth basically caves and they're waiting for something and they're like a, a foot soldier race mm-hmm. for an alien Mm-hmm. Like race, um, and they also claim that the the their fur has bioluminescence and has sort of like a bio armor capabilities. So could something like that explain to why people say that they've shot at these things mm-hmm. and it seems like it has no effect whatsoever? Well, you know, normally you, your your normalcy bias kicks in, and as soon as I start hearing alien soldiers left and this and this and this, you kind of shut down and you go, yeah. "That's just crazy talk." You yeah. know what I'm saying? But people probably have listened to us go, oh, we went to LBL, we caught this thing on the thermal, and they go, well, that's just crazy talk, man. Yeah. Um, what's weird is, and the thing, again, as crazy as this sounds, let's look at the, the phenomenon. 
Michigan Dogman started what in like the late 19th century, late 1800s. They had, and there's there's obviously myths that go back. You know the, um, you know the the Native Americans have like canine human fusions that they talked about, European werewolves, everything like that, um, that ties into the folklore. But there's a lot of folklore out there that people are not reporting seeing in the modern era right now. You know, I mean people don't. You don't have like vampire sightings to the degree that you have like Dogman or something like that. Um, maybe that's something that happened. Maybe these things came in from somewhere else. Some of them got left, and that started the modern wave of sightings of these creatures. I know? honestly, I wouldn't put it past for for things that we've actually personally experienced, and things that have been proven to be true, and things that <clears throat> legit, you know, credible people have talked about. I, it would don't it's all. This is almost not a bridge too far. That this could be, yeah. I mean, it's, a reality. It's obviously, it's obvious that they came from somewhere, and they're here now. They occasionally go somewhere else, underground, another dimension, what into the cracks or whatever they're mm-hmm. called. But I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, five years ago, I would have heard that story, and I would have just gone, okay, yeah, and then just moved on. It's got all the touch points: Stargate Project, yeah. aliens, everything. I don't know anymore, man. Yeah. I, I, possible, you know. It's, it's definitely just as, a very exciting conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just as, I mean, I hate to say it, but we don't we don't know. I mean, that's the thing. We don't know. And if you don't know what something is, sometimes you can go, I can tell you what it's not. Right. You know. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, it's possible. It's possible, you know. Uh, again, my, my thought process doesn't lead towards that but my thought process didn't lead towards dogman up until a few years ago either so i mean i I had to stand there and go okay all that other stuff i said before uh, very dismissive tone we treated it as a joke i gotta i've gotta i've gotta take that back now and say that there's something to the phenomenon so maybe there's something to that you know and so there's absolutely in your opinion Absolutely, and I mean, in my opinion, I know, but in your opinion, there's absolutely some kind of connection here. Like this, and we're just touching the surface right now on this because, again, this is all very new information. A lot of this is new information that's getting rolled out. Um, A lot of these stories happened years ago, but they're just now kind of Mm -hmm. part of this slow roll of the disclosure with UAPs and Skinwalker Ranch. Um, it, this is all slowly kind of trickling out. And as more of this comes out, as more of this information comes out, I have a feeling things are going to get much weirder. Yeah. And when you say that there's no doubt in our minds that there's a connection, I guess this is what I, I'd be comfortable saying, that we know that there's something to the dogman phenomenon. Correct. There's, we don't know what it is, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. And they're being seen either in the same time frame or after these weird lights that people are seeing that behave in ways that don't seem consistent with how we understand physics. Um, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, we've, again, we've never seen a, a UFO, like a flying saucer, but we've seen the weird lights. Definitely seen the weird lights and on, on multiple occasions. Yeah, and around areas where there's been weird, what could be con- interpreted as dogman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's some sort of connection, and that's the thing. Though at the same, at the end of the day, we're just two people with cameras that go out, and we're self-funded, and mm-hmm. we 
you know, we obviously spend a lot of time researching this, a lot of time learning to use equipment, learning new skills and everything. But at the end of the day, we're just two people who go out and do it. Um, OSAP, it's come out. I mean, there was like 50 full-time employees. Yeah. Intelligence agents, um, scientific personnel, people with doctorates, um, all sorts of stuff. They had, they think, dozens or hundreds of contractors working for them. Um, a very sizable budget, which was given to them by the government, $22 million over a few years. Um, they think that uh, Bigelow kind of put a little bit of his own funding towards it, um, which is kind of funny because one of the things that's come out on all this is that all oh, this was just a, a, a deal. That, a sweetheart deal? sweetheart deal that Bigelow got. I, $22 million is probably a drop in the bucket compared to what he spent on research into this stuff. And and he had a personal vested interest in this. He already owned Skinwalker Ranch yeah, at this point, so, um, but which these, was the outdoor, which is basically the laboratory for doing all this sort of research. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're kind of the, the, the D-listers doing this stuff and we're saying we're having experiences and there's evidence there yeah well this is about as credible as you can get what they brought forward and they're going hey listen it's not just about these uaps there's werewolves running around out here guys we don't know what it is but they seem to go hand in hand with these other weird lights yeah knowing the weight of like public disapproval is going to come down on them and they're still willing to stand there and go no nah, man this is what happened this is this is there. So, yeah, I think at this point you've got to look at it and go, if these people were credible enough to change the, you know, to shift public opinion on UAPs, we got to give them, you know. You've got to give them enough credit to. To, to at least hear them out. Yeah, you know, on these other the phenomenon. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we're getting kind of up on time here. Yeah. Um, again. We just scratched the surface. We know that more is coming, so this is definitely not going to be the last time we talk about this subject. Um, I think this is basically the beginning of us talking about this subject. This is kind of the uh, the opening, the opening up of this subject on our end. Um, Helmet Holler is definitely going to pursue this further. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other things that you want to contribute to this conversation right now? Um, or we're just going to keep hammering at this. We're just going to keep hammering at it. And again, I just want to say that that we're saying that there's something to the dogman phenomenon. It seems to be some sort of tie-in with the weird lights. We're not saying that UFOs are landing and dogmen are getting out of it. We're no. not saying anything at all. We're just saying that these two s- phenomena that should be completely separate are somehow intertwined. For sure. And <laughs> somehow. there's... there's starting to become other people saying the same thing and uh, at least government documentation that people are spending a lot of money looking into this you know so sure. um, that's all I got yeah so. um, yeah awesome conversation by the way hey, yeah. um, but I mean this is so fascinating to us and like I said this is going to be this is just the beginning this is just the beginning we are barely we are barely turning page one of this novel mm-hmm. here um, and learning about what the possibilities are, what the connections are between things that are in the sky and things that are down here on Earth, things that are possibly in other dimensions. We just don't know. Um, the best we can do is do the research, look into it, uh, go out there and have personal experiences and discuss mm-hmm. those personal experiences um, of what we experience on the ground doing our research. So, um Thank you guys for joining us. As usual, thank you so much. We appreciate you all so, so much. Um, 
I actually, I actually had, I didn't tell Joe this. We actually got a comment um, from a uh, a viewer that I loved so much. I wanted to share it with you guys because I thought it was so funny. Um, I'm trying to remember verbatim what it was. These guys are these guys are like Ed and Lorraine Warren if they were complete psychopaths. So thank you, thank you, thank you, random internet user. We appreciate it. (laughs) So, um, but thank you again for watching um, and listening to Dark Dive, a Helmet Holler podcast. Uh, Keep an eye out for our upcoming episodes and our upcoming videos for everything that we do we're working on a project right now that is a little different from some of the stuff we've been doing it's a, a lot different from some of the stuff we've yeah been doing, so. yeah so we're working on that right now so we are so excited to share that with you uh coming up uh make sure that you like share and subscribe everything that we do turn on your notifications so you know when another video is coming up and make sure that you comment below what do you think is going on with the uap and dogman connection what are your thoughts on the subject um, are they connected? Is there any information that you think we should know about? Is there any books that we should read or anything like that? We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. We love hearing from you guys. Um, you guys are the reason that we do everything. It's it's fun for us. It's a blast. But we've met so many wonderful people doing this. And they've contributed so much to the conversation and in our education that it's this is just so exciting to do. And we're so grateful for everything. Make sure that you download the episode if you're listening to it through a podcast aggregator that helps us get higher up in the rankings. Leave us a great review and um, stay tuned for the next episode. We'll be rolling out. Uh, we'll be rolling that out coming mm-hmm. up soon. We're enjoying doing Dark Dive. If you're enjoying Dark Dive, let us know. Make sure you follow and do all that good stuff. So um, with that being said, thank you guys. We appreciate you and be safe out there.